KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. The local effort to help Afghan refugees resettle any role associated with the military, they know that there is, in essence, a price tag on their lives. I'm Jade Hindman. This is KPBS Midday Edition. Desperation as the deadline to end evacuations out of Afghanistan draws near. Nothing like this has ever happened before. This is the most uniquely American thing I've ever seen. And a look at art exhibits and shows to check out this weekend. That's ahead on Midday Edition. KPBS On Demand is supported by the National Conflict Resolution Center. Topics like political polarization and hybrid work policies can create workplace conflict. NCRC can help workplace leaders navigate divisive issues with the culture, communication, and conflict certificate. More at ncrconline.com. Details surrounding a terror attack at the Kabul airport Thursday are still developing. Recent reports say more than 169 lives were lost. President Biden has blamed the attack on Afghanistan's offshoot of the Islamic State group. The shocking death toll from the suicide bombing has added an additional layer of urgency to what was already an accelerated evacuation effort of U.S. citizens and allies from the country. Here locally, humanitarian groups are working to resettle refugees who have been able to get out of Afghanistan in the evacuation effort. Joining me now with more is Nadine Tapazada, Director of Refugee and Immigrant Services at Catholic Charities Diocese of San Diego. Nadine, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. So what are we seeing here locally in terms of refugees coming from Afghanistan? We are, um, as far as locally, the community in San Diego, as you know, we have a high number of Afghanis who live in San Diego and call San Diego their home. They have a lot of concerns about their family members who are in Afghanistan who have not been able to uh, leave. We are also seeing an influx of SIV uh, families arriving in San Diego. It's a bittersweet moment for them, a huge sense of relief that they have made it out. A lot of concern for family members that are back home. Some of them have left spouses back home as well as children. Others have extended family members back home who are not able to get out. So it's a very delicate situation for all families. And what are you hearing from the actual families that Catholic Charities is helping to resettle? I mean, how many families have you all resettled so far? We receive approximately 30 a week, more or less, as the the weeks have gone by, we're receiving a larger number. We are also starting to see um, Afghans arrive at the airports outside the SIV um, influx. They are a population that needs to be served. So there's a general uh, exodus, so to speak, of whoever is able to leave Afghanistan. They're coming over here. They are sharing a lot about what's going on on the ground, unsafe situations. 
they are also sharing their concerns about lists being made regarding those who have assisted or in some way partaken in supporting the military, the U.S. military in Afghanistan. They are reporting lists of individuals and them knocking on doors in order to try to find them. So it, it, it is a very concerning situation what's happening on the ground. And can you talk a bit more about, you know, what you're hearing from families in terms of why they're fleeing? So uh, the families who are fleeing and who are arriving here as, as SIVs or just fleeing in general are in some way linked to their support to the U.S. military or the United States in general. Um, so they are individuals who've supported the military for years. They've been interpreters, contractors, drivers, uh, basically any role associated with the military. Uh, they know that they there is in essence, a price tag um, on their lives because of their um, their role in, in supporting. And so they have concerns about their safety and their uh, family's safety. Can you explain in brief how this resettlement process actually works and what resources are needed? So the resettlement process involves uh, starting with picking up a family at the airport. Uh, we get very little notice, so we are trying to locate uh, emergency housing for them and or we place them in hotels. It involves renting an apartment for them, furnishing it and supplying all their household needs. It involves enrolling children in school, enrolling the adults in ESL classes, making sure everybody goes through the refugee health assessment program and is connected to medical care, as well as getting involved pretty quickly with job readiness and job placements for all of these families. Hmm. And what are some of the main challenges in resettling these refugees and families? Currently, the main challenge is, is the housing component. Uh, the numbers are much higher than we're able to uh, move into housing as quickly as we would like. Traditionally, we do not like to place families in, in sort of temporary housing or with foster families or sponsor families, so to speak. We like to make sure that they're settled as quickly as possible. It makes the process a lot smoother for them and, and less stressful. So that currently is, is the hardest challenge that we're facing is finding enough available apartments that we're able to rent and move families in quickly. What are you expecting going forward in terms of the number of families you'll be resettling here in San Diego County? The projection is uh, definitely a, a sharp increase in the number of families, um, at least over the next 30 to 60 days. Of course, this is all dependent on how many families are actually able to leave Afghanistan and, and, and cross the border. Currently, um, all the the entire border is secured by Taliban and, and they cannot exit the country. And as you know, the situation at the airport is pretty, um, pretty hectic. So the question is, how many will be able to leave, but the projection is that the, the next month or two months will uh, we will see a, a pretty high number of arrivals. And then the question is after that, what the situation will look like and, and how many people will be able to get out. And I hear the phone ringing behind you. I mean, how busy have you guys been with trying to get everyone resettled? Extremely busy. I, I mean, you 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 said it right there. The phone rings all day. Families are trying to find out how they can get their their family members out. Other people are calling to let us know they've arrived. Uh, we have families who arrive at the airport at night unannounced, calling to try to get someone to pick them up. They're not SIV families. They're just uh, Afghanis who are able to leave for their safety. And and so it's a very very busy day. And we are working seven days a week. So it is very busy and very hectic. And if someone has resources they want to help provide to these families, how do they reach you and do that? 
people can uh, reach out via our website, which is uh, ccdsd.org. We have volunteer opportunities there. Uh, they can call our offices. Um, we obviously need a lot of people who speak Farsi, uh, Dari or Pashtu also. They can reach out to us if they're interested in offering a property that they have for uh, rent. We would definitely are open to that. We need housing uh, for clients um, and just uh, donation drives. I mean, all the basic that need to go into all these homes, everything from beds and sheets to down to forks and knives. We, we need everything right now, all the support the community can give us. All right. And of course, you can find more information at kpbs.org as well. I've been speaking with Nadine Tapazada, Director of Refugee and Immigrant Services at Catholic Charities Diocese of San Diego. Nadine, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Given the chaotic and violent scenes at the Kabul airport, Afghans who worked for the Americans are increasingly desperate to flee. KPBS military reporter Steve Walsh says they're reaching out to friends, volunteers, and veterans groups ahead of the U.S. deadline ending evacuations. And he, uh, I'm going to have to make a change real quick. Do what you're going to do. Sean Van Diver, a Navy vet, is with the San Diego chapter of the Truman National Security Project. He's a busy man. He had to stop answering my questions to check on Afghans trying to make their way to the U.S. Nothing like this has ever happened before. This is the most uniquely American thing I've ever seen. People that don't do this just holding themselves up and getting out. And I'm working from 4 a.m. to midnight every day for people that we've never met. Supporters call it a digital Dunkirk when hundreds of pleasure boats were pressed into service to rescue British troops trapped in France during World War II. Vet groups like No One Left Behind, which has worked for years to bring military translators back to the U.S., are working alongside hastily assembled vet coalitions like Van Divers. These groups are also discouraging American volunteers from making the chaos worse, like chartering flights into Kabul without a clear plan to get people into the airport in time. It's heartbreaking work. For the human thing, for the sake of God, I beg them to save my children. Desperate Afghans are reaching out, including one man who worked for an American contractor at Bagram Air Force Base in the 2000s. We're not using his name for security reasons. He's still trying to figure out the visa process. I have a lot of friends that they know me. I helped, I helped them on that time. Now it's my time to help. Afghan vets have contacts over there. They're getting these messages, these desperate pleas for help. Christopher Goldsmith is a vet advocate and Iraq war veteran. He lost touch with his unit's translator when ISIS took over. A week ago, he created Evacuate Our Allies. The uncertainty for me is heavy, but the certainty of knowing that these desperate cries for help suddenly go silent, that's going to be unimaginably more tough for many more people. He says for veterans coming to the aid of their Afghan allies is probably the clearest objective of the 20-year war. The group is urging the White House to extend the deadline and cut through red tape so more people can be airlifted out of Kabul. Mohammed is a translator who came to San Diego less than two years ago. It took him more than three years to go through the special immigration visa program. He still has family trapped in Afghanistan. He's also getting calls from other translators still there. One person spent eight days in and around the airport before giving up and going back home. 
Last night he talked to me, he asked me, he said like, can you know someone in airport to help me? I said, I can't, I know, I, I don't know someone else because right now everything has changed. Everything is in by Taliban hand. For years, advocates have been frustrated by the time it takes to go through the SIV process. The number of visa approvals has jumped in the last week. Afghans finished the process at one of four U.S. military bases before quickly moving to their final destination. Adleva Beko is with Jewish Family Services in San Diego. She says it's a challenge just finding a place for them to stay. We got uh, a call this morning saying that you have a family arriving at 8.30 tonight. And that's all the prep time that we got. And the biggest challenge remains the housing. Again, San Diego has a housing crisis as it is. So dealing with that in such an emergency situation makes it even more difficult. They arrive with few belongings. Afghans receive government assistance, but groups on the ground in the U.S. are scrambling for essentials like pots and pans and kids' clothing. Anything that says home. Steve Walsh, KPBS News. KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com. You're listening to KPBS Midday Edition. I'm Jade Hindman. This weekend in the arts, there's a three-day outdoor festival of music in Carlsbad, a contemporary dance company's first performance since March of 2020, and a new exhibition of art made from plastics found in the ocean. Joining me with all the details is KPBS arts editor and producer Julia Dixon-Evans. Welcome, Julia. Hi, Jade. Thanks for having me. First up is Litvok Dance, holding their first performance since before the pandemic, and it's actually a multidisciplinary event. What can we expect? Right, there's a lot to love in the show. First, obviously, is the dance. And I've watched a few of Litvak's virtual offerings throughout the pandemic, so it's really exciting that they're back for live audiences. And they're doing choreography from some guest artists as well as some of their own performers. And plus, it's held at the Lux Art Institute Garden, so it's outdoors. And Lux is in the process this month of transforming into their new identity as the Institute of Contemporary Arts North Campus. And right now, the first ICA artist in residence has just installed her work. It's Christine Howard Sandoval. And her work uses an adobe printmaking technique, and she studies indigenous identity in California through her works. You'll be able to check out her installations before or after these performances. And then there's music. The dancers will be accompanied by live musicians. There's the Montalban Quintet. They will perform. They're a pretty eclectic group. They infuse all sorts of styles like minimalism and jazz, even post-punk. And violinist Pete Polanski and Yale Strom will accompany some other works. This is Pete Polanski. He's performing a piece that accompanies choreography by Rebecca Margulik, and that will be part of the concert on Saturday. It's just a solo dancer and a solo violin on stage, and it's a really, really striking piece.
Litvok Dance will hold two performances Saturday at 5 p.m. and at 7.30 p.m. at the Lux Art Institute in Encinitas. In the visual art world, there's an exhibition at the Hill Street Country Club that uses plastics and trash found in the ocean and turns them into stunning works of art. Tell us about this artist. Janice Jones is an educator and a mixed media artist, and she gathers this trash and plastics from the ocean. And she originally started out just photographing them, kind of like these glamour shots of trash on the beach. And in the exhibition, that photography will be part of it on the walls. But she's also recently been using the plastic she finds to transform them into art. These are mostly sculptural works, and some of them look like small ponds on the ground and they're brimming with these rainbow colored objects and most of them are pretty recognizable. And this exhibition opens on Saturday with a hybrid reception. So there's a virtual component in the early afternoon, there's an artist talk, and then at 5 p.m. there'll be an on-site reception at Hill Street in Oceanside and the exhibition will be on view through October 9th. Into the Current by Janice Jones opens Saturday at the Hill Street Country Club. And finally, the Carlsbad Music Festival will bring dozens of bands to outdoor spaces for the next three days. Tell us how we can attend and what's on your radar. Right, the festival starts this evening, Friday at 4. And then there's a longer day and night on Saturday and then the full afternoon into early evening on Sunday. You can get a three-day pass for 59 bucks or you can pick and choose individual days for $21 for a day pass if you want. The problem would be picking which one because there really is good stuff every day. Friday has the Charlie Arbelez Afro-Cuban Sextet. That's at 6 p.m. And then indie pop duo Vacuum They just came out with their debut album this year called Lynchpin. Their music is lush and layered and just really inventive. We're listening to Golden Love by Vacuum right now. On Saturday, the Art of Ilan Ensemble will perform at 4.30, and they're always a delight, followed by the Nathan Hubbard Trio. Hubbard is a prolific performer and percussionist, and they'll have Anastasia Coral joining them. And later on, Systems Officer, which is a solo project of Armistead Burwell-Smith from Pinback. Sunday, my picks are the Steph Richard Power Vibe, which is a bit of a super group of local contemporary instrumentalists. There's uh, Tasha Smith Godinas on harp, but at the center is Steph Richards, trumpet player and experimental jazz composer. And the whole thing will close out with Aruj Aftab, who was born in Pakistan but is based in New York. Her work is mesmerizing, and I will leave you with Mohabat from her album Vulture Prince that just came out this spring. The current 
Carlsbad Music Festival kicks off this evening and runs through Sunday in the Carlsbad Village. For details on these and more arts events, or to sign up for Julia's weekly arts newsletter, go to kpbs.org arts. I've been speaking with KPBS arts editor and producer Julia Dixon-Evans. Julia, thanks. Thank you so much for having me.
KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego, offering the online Master of Data Science program, shaping the next generation of data-driven problem solvers. Learn more about the online Master of Data Science program from UC San Diego at omds.ucsd.edu.